Welcome to the Adult Cannabis Enthusiast Podcast, where we have mature conversations about cannabis and pop culture. If you want to check us out on social media, we're currently available on Twitter and Instagram at ACannabisPod. Joel runs the Twitter and I run the Instagram. We have a lot of fun on there. So if you want to check us out, that would be great. And if you are interested in listening to us on another platform, uh, we're basically available anywhere you get your podcast fixed these days, primarily Google and Apple, as well as uh, Spotify and Podcast Addicts, as well as other platforms. My name's Cam. I've been smoking weed for about two and a half years now since Canadian legalization. And my name's Joel, and I've been smoking weed for over 25 years, well before Canadian legalization. Well before. Well before. This week on the podcast, we decided to have a conversation about cannabis and propaganda. Cannabis has only been legal in Canada for about two and a half years, just like Cam was saying. Uh, It's slowly getting legalized in the United States. There are things happening around the world as we see it happen, but Prohibition has been ingrained in people for a long time, and a huge part of prohibition has been the propaganda messaging that has been put out there by governments, states, nonprofits, and individual groups who were not supportive of cannabis so much, eh, Cam? No, definitely not. Uh, When I grew up, uh, there was a lot of anti-cannabis messaging that I had had seen um, in in whatever kind of institutions I was in, whether that be in school or in uh, after-school programs or sporting programs or anything like that. Uh, There was very uh, heavily anti-cannabis messaging that I was getting when I was a, a young person. And I guess for young people, that's not necessarily a bad thing, though. But outside of that, like for adults and shit, like you don't need to be scaring people away from this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but e- even then, I think it would help if we adopted a more educational approach rather than a fear-based one. Exactly. So uh, I think that is the, the kind of the, the crux of our focus for this conversation is to have a bit of a look back and talk about how we got to where we are and what cannabis propaganda looked like over the years. But I think more importantly, to talk about what our own experiences were like with that and where we intersected with that in our lives. Because I think everybody who listens to this show, you know, you fall within a certain age category and uh, the war on drugs has been in roaring full effect since the 80s. And everyone has kind of intersected with this at some point. So uh, I think, you know, maybe we'll have a little bit of fun talking about some of those silly commercials that we saw back in the day or some of our experiences uh, where the police maybe visited our schools when we were kids. But I think there's a lot to talk about here. There's a lot on the table. Cannabis propaganda has a really negative impact on people and their opinions toward cannabis. And now that cannabis is legal, we're still seeing those opinions and ideas linger because they've just been ingrained in people's heads. So there's a lot on the table. I don't know if we'll get to everything this time, but maybe we'll have to come back to this topic in the future. But for now, we usually start our show by talking about what's been on our rolling tray. And Cam, what have you been smoking this week? What have I been smoking this week? Uh, This past week, I finally cracked a jar of caviar from our friends at Habitat. How long have you had that for? (laughs) I bought it on uh, Boxing Day, I think. And it's just kind of been sitting in my my cannabis case. I admire your restraint. Jesus. Yeah, well, you know, I was just saving it for the right time. I have had a lot of weed to smoke recently, so I felt that it was... uh, it was okay to just leave that one sealed up and, and keep it keep it hydrated for as long as it could be. 
but yeah, uh, I smoked that this week. Um, I picked up some Tantalus Labs dry sift hash. Uh, mm. I believe that this stuff is sourced right from their Sky Pilot or Blue Dream plants, but uh, I've got a few bowls of that so far, but I haven't really had too much of it. It adds a, a really pleasant taste to the bowl that I've been smoking with my with my packs. But uh, outside of that, I don't really have much to report on that yet, but it was really inexpensive. It was like 25 bucks for a gram of it. So if if people are out there looking to get into hash, I, I think this is a, a good product to start with, as well as uh, something exciting to report. I finally picked up a new bong. I have been wanting a new bong for, I mean, probably a year now, maybe longer than a year, but I was uh, resisting purchasing a new one because uh, they're quite expensive uh, to get a decent piece of glass, like for the bong that I was kind of envisioning is going to be around the $200 mark, maybe more. So I was kind of like waiting for the right time. Valentine's came and my girlfriend and I were kind of like, you know what? Like we don't need to buy each other any like bullshit this year. Like let's just both just split a bong and, and we'll, we'll, find a piece of glassware that we both like and we found this this tall bong it's like i don't know two feet tall it's really skinny it's got a couple little perks in it and uh, it's got some some really nice color it's it's primarily clear and then it has this kind of like winnie the pooh yellow color on it (laughs) (laughs) it's really nice Uh, i'll throw a picture up on the instagram it yeah you should totally it's a cool looking piece of glass man i like it yeah, I'm excited to do that. I'll I'll throw that up this week for everybody to take a look at it. I'm really proud of my new purchase. I picked it up at this place called Vape Sense in Kamloops, and uh, they were having one. yeah, uh, well, they primarily sell like e-cigarette juice and stuff like that there. They have a bunch of vaporizers, but they also have bongs and and little dab rigs and stuff in there. So I was pretty pretty excited to see like the selection in there. They have a lot of cool like hand blown pieces and stuff. But when I walked in this this piece caught my attention almost immediately and yeah, it was uh, in the right price range for me and it smokes like a dream. I'm really happy with the purchase so far. Enough about me though. What about you, man? What have you been smoking this week? Well, I've been smoking a lot. I'm happy to hear that you picked yourself up a new piece of glass because you, you've you been looking at that for a while now and I think you've earned it with uh, all the, uh, all everything that you've been dealing with lately with work and life and all that kind of shit. And we've been fortunate enough to have some pretty solid success with the podcast recently, man. So I'm glad you, you went out and treated yourselves. You guys deserve it. Oh yeah. Thanks, man. It's, uh, I think it was a little overdue. My, my first bong that I have was like just a little 12 inch beaker bong. And we've been using that for like two years now. So I think it was time for something bigger and better. (laughs) Yeah. I'm kind of feeling the same way. I think I'm, I'm due for a new piece of glass, but I'm, I'm just kind of resisting because, you know, I'm eyeing like a shatterize or two maybe or something else. And I really don't know what I want to get. So uh, I think it's going to be a while before I get that. And, and instead, I treat myself with cannabis. And nice. On my rolling tray this week has been a fair bit of stuff. Uh, the one thing that I want to report back on is that I finally got my Canmart order, and I'm really grateful that I got it before yours showed up. Yeah, I was kind of hoping mine was going to show up just because it, it would have been kind of funny. Yeah, just to rub it in my face. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, I think mine's going to be here on Monday this week or Tuesday. It's cool. going to be in the, in the next few days at least. But nice. what was on your Camart order? Uh, Camart order was a mix of things. They had a bunch of discounted Flourish products, and we've never really tried any of those Flourish products. So I said, fuck it. So I got three of those. I think the ones that they are, like the actual cultivar, like one's a mango, uh, one's a, an island sweet skunk and a cold creek kush uh, which is kind of interesting because i've got the opportunity to do a side-by-side with the reticam and the flourish uh, cck's if i want oh yeah i guess you could you still yeah. have some of that cold creek kush from reticam kicking around oh yeah well i got like 15 grams of it oh right you did so, get a lot of it yeah, yeah. i mean I, don't don't worry i put a healthy dent in it but there's still some left <laughs> 
Nice. The other uh, products that I picked up were, I picked up two eights of the Orange Bud from Apothecary Botanicals. I, I always typically like to have some kind of like orangey cultivar around. I really like that that flavor citrus pairing with it. And the Orange Bud is a really reasonable price from Canmart. So I picked up two of those. So again, uh, going for the, the more cost effective range. So we were looking at like probably 18, between 18 to 20 bucks for an eighth for those two. It's totally, totally acceptable. Hey, and I, I kind of like having those tasty strains for like the daytime use as well. Mm-hmm. I've been puffing on that Planet of the Grapes a little oh, bit. Oh, that one is just so good, man. I can't yeah. wait till we review that. That's just awesome. I have a little bit of orange bud left over from our review a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. So I, I do have that during the day every once in a while. It's kind of like something that I have on the weekend afternoon. Yeah, it's a nice one, right? I mean, low, yeah. it doesn't slap you around too bad, but it gives you a nice pleasant buzz and a burst exactly. of uh, energy or desire to do something. Uh, so that was the, the majority of it. And I routed it out with one more thing to get to the free shipping part of it, of course, uh, which was the Gas Berries 112 from our friends at Ogen, because that one is just a phenomenal strain. And I missed not having it in my rotation. Yeah, I, yeah, you know I really what, like I probably it. will be going back to that as well. I, I like that one as a lot too. Yeah, It's, it's like, I, I would like it to be a little more, a little cheaper. I think it rolls in for like 32 or something like that for an eighth. But the quality of it, it's amazing. And it's even like old, the, the packaging that they do for some reason does a great job of maintaining the moisture content and the bud structure. So uh, I was really pleasantly surprised when I opened up the jar. And I've seen some people on Twitter comment on that as well. So it must be kind of a, a widespread thing. But I just really enjoyed the buzz. It's really nice and flavorful and it gets me kind of spacey so it hits a, a lot of those boxes that i that i like for a, a cultivar so that was another one that i picked up i did have a shopper's order show up too so i picked up some of that tea god hash which was intriguing to me because it was like 38 bucks for two grams of hash yeah and that is quite affordable like i mentioned that the this tantalus labs dry sift hash was real affordable at like 25 26 bucks for a gram but at uh would you say 34 for two grams like 38 for 38 grams. that's yeah. that's real affordable it's still well. really affordable i mean like yeah. i think it rolls in like the 40 percent thc range and it's not a uh, sift hash or anything it's like the the old school like pressed style yeah mm-hmm. so which is something that i think i've mentioned on the show that i i, I quite enjoy the old school pressed hash so uh, i think that's something that we'll be looking at in the future for maybe for review and doing a bit of comparison and stuff like that so uh, i've been enjoying that tea god hash I had a nice nice bowl with it last night uh in the bong and it and it um hit quite nicely so mostly impressed so far with what i've seen from that but it needs a, a bit of attention and i think our assessment of hash is, is something we're still kind of learning right so um we'll we'll work through how i feel about that i think in the future uh, the two vape carts that i picked up were one from atlas growers amanda and cookies live resin cart which is nice uh that live resin i just find it it hits a little nicer than the, the distillate does we've talked about that i think on the show uh, enough and uh, finally an aqualita's ghost train haze cart that you had been recommending to me and i, I just said fine I'm gonna, I'm gonna get one and you were not wrong the flavors of this are just incredible and the effects hit on point. I find distillate is is maybe a little softer for me. Like, you know, it's like the softer side of Sears, softer side of cannabis is, is distillate <laughs> for me. But uh, I, I did enjoy the flavors off this immensely. So uh, thank you for bringing that one to my attention. That was a, oh, a yeah. great purchase. But uh, other than that, uh, just a lot of the Canuck cookies that we are going to be reviewing in our review segment this week that we picked up via Shelter Market from the folks at Vert West. Uh, and Vert West is a cool, I think they're like a, like a small uh, family run company. Um, and it's always great to be able to, to support uh, these producers who are, who are putting stuff out here as well. So looking forward to having a chat about that cultivar a little bit later too. 
Yes. Uh, I hadn't looked into VertWest almost at all prior to picking up this Canuck Cookies. And and you're right. Yeah, they're they're a family-owned business from uh, Vancouver, Vancouver Island. Island. Yeah. yeah, Vancouver Island. I think that there are places in in Duncan, in, Cow- in uh, North Cowichan kind of area. Nice. Reading about their like their approach to the cannabis market and, and what they want to do with their business really resonated with me. So I feel like I'm going to be purchasing more from them in the future, just based on, on that alone, which kind of tells you a lot about, (laughs) about uh, the importance of having the, like having like good values or a good story or, or something that you want to connect with as a consumer. Well, their whole thing is that they, they want to invest their money in, in places that's going to be good for their cannabis production. They're, they're not really wasting money on branding and advertising. They don't even have their producers or processing licenses yet or processing application in or whatever. So um, I just really appreciate that they are trying to hone in on a superior product um, instead of okay. wasting money and resources on, on branding and stuff like that. You know, I think that that's really cool. From what I saw, there was no outside investment. It was all family owned. And I, I really like that as well. There's a lot of pros to the company and they kind of, uh, it resonated with me, like I said. So I, I'm i excited to check out this, this product as well and review it in, in further detail. Cool. Yeah, no, I like that. And to hear that they're hyper-focused on the product that they're outputting is amazing because that yeah. is really what it should be all about. So, well, we'll get to that a, bit, a little bit later, but how about we get to the main point of our episode today, which is on cannabis and propaganda. Where do you want to start with this? How about we just start with like, just like maybe a, a brief timeline of some notable events that had led to there being an excess amount of cannabis propaganda that was uh, circulating over the, over the years? Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, like prohibition only existed for a short window of time, right? If you think about the duration of, of hum- humanity's intersection with the cannabis plant, right? Yeah. And it, it kind of all stemmed from like the turn of like the, uh, the, the 1900s, right? Like from what I've saw in my research, a lot of it began around the Great Depression era. There was a high unemployment. There was um, uh, an influx of uh, Mexican immigrants coming up that were using cannabis in a recreational sense. And uh, it sounded like that was a, a kickoff for anti-cannabis propaganda, as well as the war on drugs that were all so... Familiar with (laughs) (laughs) that we can't escape or that we're like loosening the strangleholds of now, finally. Yes, exactly. But I think those things are going to linger for a long time. But no, I think you're right, right? To, To look back at a time when there was a lot of economic turmoil, which I think, you know, if we're looking at, uh, the timeline we're, we're in the uh, the twenties now of the 21st century and to think about how that happened a hundred years ago, right? Like we're, we're like looking back at a century when these things started to happen. So it's really interesting to me because we're experiencing a similar uncertainty in the world as that almost kind of mirrors what happened a hundred years ago. Yeah. No kidding with mass unemployment. (laughs) Well, mass unemployment, a global pandemic that happened in 1918 with the Spanish flu. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I don't know that we've seen the great depression. I think what's interesting to me, and this is kind of way off topic, but this whole pandemic has given me a window and I don't claim this to be an original thought because I know other people have mentioned this before in social media and stuff, but I get why the, the, the roaring twenties were a thing. If people had to go through a couple years of a global pandemic when they were able to kind of get back to a semblance of normalcy to want to like just go buck wild for like 10 years, totally makes sense to me now. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, for us, it maybe sounds a little bit privileged because it's only been like a, a single year of this, not yes. even a full year. Well, I guess it has been a full year. Yeah, um, close, but close. yeah, so I, I can understand those sentiments as well, for sure. But I'm I'm more using it as a as a way to kick off more personal care and stuff. Like I've, I've really learned the importance of taking care of myself over the last year. And I'm going to continue to do that once the pandemic is over. Absolutely. I agree with you hundred percent. And I don't necessarily know that I'm going to adopt that approach, but I can understand why that happened and why Fair people yeah. were ready to live for the moment only to kind of like ignore the cliff that they were going off of with the great depression. So I think those are lessons that we can learn as people. But anyway, what I think the the point of what we're talking about this is this is when we started to seeing a lot of population movement and uh, what that brought were new cultural things to areas. And in North America, we started to see more cannabis use recreationally with people that were coming in, like you were mentioning. And I think that upset some people for whatever reason. I don't know if it was the, um, the threat to alcohol because alcohol prohibition was very recent as well. So I'm, I'm kind of curious as to what that was what the motivation was behind it. I mean, I, I have an idea, <laughs> but where that was coming from, like, is it just to put people who are different and coming in under their thumb or is there more to that? Yeah, I think that there's a lot of reasons for it. Like you said, uh, like population control. I think that that's a, a big reason. They wanted people to be productive. And uh, I think that uh, recreational cannabis was maybe not the best way to, to, to get that going, as well as there is a lot of industries that were threatened by cannabis, by hemp, more right. specifically, like cotton, alcohol, big pharma, you know, all of these industries were threatened by, by cannabis. And established industries that had big money to be able to lobby, right? Exactly. And petition government yeah. to, for favorable laws. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that the, the racism part was a, a, a great way for them to get that messaging across, considering we have a unhealthy amount of people who are backwards thinking and even back then it was even worse so yeah it right well there's limited education limited education well, and yeah when when also your education system is being funded by these lobbyists that are anti-cannabis that's also going to affect your education on the matter as well yes and, and i mean in that education is kind of reinforcing those racial stereotypes and, and imagery and uh, kind of driving that into people, right? Where like people are just indoctrinated from a young age into these impressions of people who are different. Yeah. And I think that what you're saying, uh, what you touched on there is something that we can both relate to. I, I think that you had, you had taken a different approach to it in your youth than I had. But for me, when I was a young person, even in my young, in my early twenties and uh, late teens, like I was still pretty anti-cannabis because of all that messaging that I received as a, as a young man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think you're right. I, I probably a adopted a different approach to it because I was mm, maybe more unruly than you were in your youth. And I don't, and I don't mean that as a shot. I was just more, I think more anti-authority and more, more willing to kind of put my finger in someone's face oh, yeah. uh, a, a little bit more uh, at that I didn't age. take it as a shot. Don't worry. That's exactly how okay, it was. No, I understand who I was when I was a child too. <laughs> yeah. But I also recognize like, I, I'm not also not trying to sound cool either, right? I recognize that, that stuff like that comes from a place of trauma in, in, in some sense too, right? So I, I'm, I'm aware of the full picture, I guess is what I'm saying. But no, I, I think my approach to it was to kind of reject those attitudes because I didn't, I didn't see it witness. I, I don't know that cannabis wasn't a big part of my life until uh, my late teens and early twenties. So the high school age kind of window I had limited experience with cannabis, but it, my limited experience was enough to say that what it was connecting with the messaging wasn't there. 
that what I was being told didn't match up with what my limited experience was. Uh, but, but to be fair, there were people I knew in high school who whose life seemed to take a turn when they became uh, cannabis consumers. Well, I mean, when you're a young person, uh, when you're a young person, you're incredibly impressionable. And uh, I mean, this cannabis is is it can, it can definitely have a negative effect on you. If you're a young person, you don't know what you're doing, you know, like if, um, or even, well, that's objective science, right? Yeah. It, it can negatively impact your growth. I think until you're in your mid twenties. Yeah. Well, I mean, your decision-making as a young person is already <laughs> terrible. So, you know, it, it can definitely have adverse effects for young people for sure. So I'm not surprised. I, I definitely experienced that from, from a young age as well, like seeing, people who kind of embodied the stigmas that, that I was being, um, that were, that were conveyed to me and stuff, you know? So, yes, because I I think there were people that did fit the stereotypes because in some cases the stereotypes didn't come from, from nowhere. Exactly. Uh, and we all knew people in high school who fit that classic kind of stoner uh, approach or mentality or lifestyle. And I think where we maybe intersected with it because we both were athletes in high school that, um, the people that we saw take that turn were also, athletes. So if, if you were a young person and an athlete, and then you suddenly became a regular cannabis consumer, that would have an obvious impact to your ability to perform in whatever sport you're playing, right? Unless it was something that didn't require a lot of like reflexes or something like that. So I think, I think there were, there were some, I guess what I'm trying to say is there were some objective examples where that did match it. But from my own experience, it wasn't like, you know, if you took a puff of cannabis that you were going to become a, a junkie or suddenly want to try everything, right? Because of that whole one of the most effective propaganda pieces around cannabis is framing it as a gateway drug. Exactly. Um, and I kind of, I like that you brought that up because uh, when we were uh, discussing this topic, I wanted to do some research on those old cannabis ads that I had seen in my youth. Uh, <clears throat> so one of them was, was doing exactly what you had, had just mentioned there. It was trying to uh, frame cannabis as a very serious gateway drug. And this ad that I watched was from the nineties and it was this kid, um, who is smoking weed with his friends. And then all of a sudden, like, it was like a, a little jump and someone brought out H and he's like, Oh, what's, what's H. And, uh, they're like, Oh, it's, it's heroin. It's better than weed or like whatever. And, um, <laughs> basically it, it, it showed this really rushed progression about how this person tried weed once. And then all of a sudden they were a heroin addict and their life was out of control. <laughs> like passed out on the couch with a needle in their arm and shit like an hour later. Yeah. And then it was saying how heroin could kill you. So don't do marijuana. <laughs> heroin kills avoid marijuana. Basically was what the ad was saying. And it was just so ridiculous. Like they, they, these, these ads that I had seen, they, they, they definitely skew facts to suit their purpose, you know? Oh, hundred yeah. percent. Right. I mean, like, and there are so many examples of ads like this. And I think we can maybe like take a beat and pause on some of these for like a, for a minute. And I think anybody listening to the show probably experienced this on some level, right? Unless you didn't happen to watch television. It's amazing to think about how kids nowadays won't be exposed to some of this stuff necessarily because they don't have to experience commercials all the time if they want to consume any kind of media. But uh, it's amazing to me. So I think that's something that could resonate with a lot of people. And I think just about any of these you could probably find on YouTube these days because, uh, you know, just talking about cannabis propaganda or uh, anti-cannabis commercials and stuff like that, there's tons of stuff available. So whatever era is your youth where you experience these things, I think there's probably something there for you to find. What was your favorite one that you looked at? 
when you were favorite one i would probably say this like this point of view commercial so the this commercial all it was was uh is filmed point of view and it's just a person running just very general errands so the first errand mm-hmm. they're they're out like maybe taking kids to soccer or something like that and the person walks by a group of of moms that are all just like uh, sitting in the shade and one of them's like hey do you want a joint and then it goes to the next scene the person's uh, out uh shopping and the sales associate uh grabs some clothes for them and turns around and goes oh do you want to smoke a j before you try these on and uh the next one they're at a restaurant and the the, the waiters like or sorry the cook's like oh here's your food um did you want to try it with some weed and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll have some on the side, asshole. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and there's another one. It was uh, they go, uh, the person walks into the florist and like, oh, you're really gonna like this arrangement. I also have some stuff in the back, and basically <laughs> it just cuts to a black screen with a couple sentences, and it says, "Now you know what uh, the average day of a 13 year old could look like. Talk to your kids about weed." <laughs> and I'm just trying to think of like when I was a kid, I did not have that much social pressure to try weed. Like I think it's just grossly exaggerated. <laughs> There was, there was nowhere near the amount of peer pressure that I think was framed to me or impressed upon me that I would experience versus what I really did. I feel like we were all hyper prepared for that, those situations by by the, our our parents' generation, if there was concern about peer pressure. And I think that maybe the anti-drug camp propaganda has kind of morphed nowadays into like anti-peer pressure or anti-cigarette smoking more so. I don't know, uh. I don't know. I guess I'm not really exposed to that kind of stuff. But I mean, I remember a lot of those like classic ones. Like, I mean, some of the stuff weren't even necessarily cannabis specific, right? But just about drugs in general, like that whole uh, "this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs." Any questions of like a, like a fried egg? The fried egg example. That's such a great commercial. Uh, that is. That's like a classic example yeah, of it, right? Yeah. I think of the the anti drug camp. Propaganda. I'm fairly certain that was shown in schools and shit, right? And and that's just blatant. I remember mis- from TV, yeah. but it probably was shown in schools. Too. Yeah. Well, I remember it from TV as well. It's just blatant misinformation. You know, like yeah. it's there's there's no substance generalizations. To it. There's not. There's no no sub, nothing actual that it's that it's giving you right it's yeah. general information it's like well okay but you could that that applies to aspirin idiot like <laughs> yeah yeah and well it's funny that you bring up aspirin because like i was kind of thinking about different substances that you could do this for and the first thing that i thought of was coffee like <laughs> there could there could easily be ads out there for like for coffee like the dangers of caffeine as well like there's a there's a freaking smattering of health issues that come with people who who have a, an excess amount of caffeine in their daily in their daily uh, routine you know so i don't know it, i just think it's but it's been normalized in our culture exactly right? right and 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 it gets normalized via activity and propaganda and that's why people have an inverse reaction to cannabis that they do to coffee and and it's absolutely true because we don't talk about that right we talk about cannabis and psychoactive effect oh it's got thc it can affect you psychoactively well you know what cbd technically affects you psychoactively too albeit in a different way i just it just depends on how you want to look at a psychoactive effect because coffee has a psychoactive effect on you. Sugar has a psychoactive effect on you, right? These are all things that people conveniently ignore. And I think the most offensive conversation I can have with someone is when you talk about cannabis use and they're like, oh, I don't do drugs. (laughs) It's like, well, that beer, cigarette, and cup of coffee you had for breakfast 
say otherwise, bruh. Yeah. Or, <laughs> well, and, and what about all the prescription drugs that people have, you know, like, and, oh and I, are we in the middle of a fucking opioid e- epidemic right now? Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. It's, it is kind of crazy, like how weighted this stuff was. And it obviously influenced public perception of this drug. I shouldn't even say drug. Sorry, I don't mean to use that word. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't. I know. I know how you mean it, right? But I mean, I'm talking about it in that negative context. So, like, as though those things that you do aren't drugs, but that thing is. That one thing is the negative. That one. one thing is and conveniently ignoring it, and it's because it's normalized and it's part of our culture, right? We're not even talking about alcohol yet, and alcohol is the gateway drug, basically. Yeah, I mean. Alcohol, like you had booze before you had anything else. All of us, I'm I'm fairly confident. I don't know unless you managed to pull pull yourself through that. But uh, like, you know, I definitely had my first case of beer before I ever had my first joint. I certainly did. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Do you have any other ads that you're thinking of from your childhood that are that like leave an impression? Or uh, you had said something about um, like a demonstration at your school or something like that. Do you have any any fun stories uh, about previous cannabis propaganda that you had to sit through? Yeah, absolutely. I I think there's probably a couple commercials I'd like to mention. I I can't remember the specific details of it because I didn't research this particular one, but it popped in my head when we've been talking this morning. And the one that I remember is the, the, I learned it from watching you, dad commercial and it's like uh like a kid find like a parent finding like drugs in their kid's place and there's a big blow up and then they the kid says it and i think they're talking about the parents pills or something like that um it's like one of those ones always made an impression on me it's funny because i recently went down like an 80s and 90s rabbit hole on youtube like showing my daughter all these like intros from cartoons i used to watch when i was a kid and stuff and i came across this like kids video from like the late 80s I don't know if you've ever seen it before, but it's like, don't you put it in your mouth? Don't you put it in your mouth? I am very. Don't you stuff it in yeah, your face? Okay, yeah, everyone. I am knows very that familiar with that. <laughs> Is that a Canadian special that was on PBS, or was that in the United States too? I'm not honestly sure. It was like it was literally a three minute clip on YouTube that we watched. I just saw it okay. in the like the queue below, and I'm like, I recognize those puppets for some reason. And I, when I went down to it, I'm like, oh, I got to show her this now. Yeah, because we were showing her like all the like all the '80s cartoons, like He Man and. All that kind of all stuff. that good but shit. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm gonna give my my kid a healthy dose of nostalgia while she's young. Nice. Uh, but but that 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 got me thinking about those old school commercials and stuff. But that that I learned it from watching you, Dad, is probably the one that stands out the most. There's far worse behavior that you can learn from your dad than than cannabis use. You know, oh, there's geez. a, a yeah, lot no of kidding. a lot of terrible things that a lot of terrible parents out there kind of uh, inadvertently brainwash their kids into into thinking and and acting yeah i mean i don't know man i can parenting's hard parenting is hard having kids is easy yeah yeah (laughs) it's not it's not an easy job so i mean i I won't slag people but there are some basic things that you can do to to improve things i don't know if there's any other specific commercials that i can i can remember because a a lot of the stuff is kind of morphing into these like cigarette ads but i can remember lots with like celebrities like celebrity athletes and stuff like saying not to smoke weed and shit and like bo jackson michael jordan like deon sanders shit like that okay the 90s i kind of remember um one that I um, saw that any was the other ones that you saw. Uh, well, yes. Now that you're bringing up celebrities, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the the one that I came across today, it wasn't anti pot, it was anti crack. And what I thought was really hilarious, it was Pee Wee Herman that was delivering the message, telling people what? that crack is just like cocaine, but more addictive in that it can kill you every time. It can kill you. <laughs> I thought it was fucking clear. Well, I mean, crack itself, like, is an example of of uh, propaganda, uh, 
racial propaganda yeah. against a community too, right? I mean, like the in the the late eighties, the the way that they portrayed the the crack epidemic in the United States and painted black communities with that, like. Jesus yeah, and they were the ones sourcing and peddling it into those uh, into those oh. communities. Just fucking garbage. Like, what a horrible man. Like that, that kind of stuff just makes you sick to your stomach. Yeah. How but, can you trust anybody? Like, right. Like, how can right? you trust anything? And that's like, uh, especially, especially if you are uh, black, indigenous, or a person of color. Like, why would you trust people, man? Jeez, yeah. Especially white people. <laughs> yeah. Especially white people. What have we done to instill any kind of fucking trust or confidence into these communities? I have no fucking idea, man. The more and more I learn it's, about it's it, it's crazy to look back at history and and just the like sadness and embarrassment and shame you feel at seeing like um the way that people behave yeah no absolutely and i think that like uh what we touched on here about like the trust is really important for this episode because none of these commercials are dealing in good faith, but all of them seem to have some kind of authority, you know? So like you, you want to trust these because why the fuck would they be on TV? Like as like a public health announcement, unless you could right. trust the, the information being provided, but clearly you couldn't. And this information is being, you know, done by the health authorities and presented to people with government backing. Yeah. Right. So it has that air of authenticity and that's why people buy it. That's what makes it propaganda. Yeah. Right. It's it's supported bullshit. Well, one of, I mean, we just lived through like four years of it. Right. And coming from the United States. And but this is ways that it happens in in normal times let's say yeah well right and it's in cities it is well there was a an ad that i watched from the american medical association today and it was anti-cannabis it said that cannabis was intoxicating mind muddling it led to abnormal behavior psychological dependence and abuse of other drugs and it said brain the brain is made for thinking and not for fumigating I thought it was fucking crazy. I think this ad came out in like the seventies or something like that. Um, And I have to say that for something that was so anti-pot, they could not have made it more appetizing to stoners. I, I I don't think they could have like the, the visuals that they used was like these old school cartoony, like brush stroked, like hand drawn visuals that were all very popping off of the screen and had like really cool transitions, art and stuff like that. It was trippy mm-hmm. and I loved it. If I smoked a joint and then watched that commercial, uh, I would probably just put it on repeat and turn the audio off. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like, and talking about this makes me like think of the ways that we've kind of, uh, as a community kind of taken it back. Like if you think of like in Harold and Kumar when they do like those mock ads for it in there. When the guy puts a shotgun in his mouth or whatever. <laughs> I'm so high. I don't know what I'm doing. Nothing can hurt me now. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. There are some pretty, pretty fucking negatively weighted uh, commercials for sure. Two more that I wanted to mention were from this website that's no longer in operation. I don't think the association <laughs> is, is a thing anymore, but the website is still running, but it hasn't been updated in like four or five years. It's same with their YouTube, actually. It hasn't been active in like five years. But after I watched this first ad, I had to look in to see if they were still doing anti-cannabis messaging and it has <laughs> evolved. But so the two commercials that I'm talking about the, the first one they're made by this association called above the influence.com the first one is this uh this young woman walks into her kitchen opens up the fridge and her dog hops up on her chair and says hey Lindsay!" and she turns around <laughs> and her dog's looking <laughs> at her seen this. yeah seen this. and uh she, the dog says hey Lindsay, i wish you didn't smoke weed you're not the same when you smoke and i miss my friend i'll be outside and then the dog just like hops off the chair, runs away. And the girl's just like, what the fuck? And 
it cuts to a blank screen. So many of these commercials cut to blank screen with just like bullshit <laughs> messages. So that's what the majority of them actually do this. It's kind of funny. Yeah. Let's present you, let's show you a scene and then present you some fake facts. Exactly. Yeah. So then uh, it cuts to the screen and it just says, how would you tell a friend? <laughs> and I thought that was just so fucked up. It's just like an impromptu fucking intervention. intervention. Yeah. <laughs> by your dog. Yeah. But like getting people to do that. Hey, I'm really concerned yeah, you because you're cannabis. You like cannabis. What's wrong? Make sure that you're like, being really off. involved in your friend's lives and making sure that you're in it, imposing your personal beliefs onto them and meddling. Make sure you do that. And and that's yeah. that's totally above board here. Well, I mean, if, if the messaging was more of like, let's start a conversation, right? But that's not what we're doing here. We're, we're you know, I'm, guilt tripping. I'm guilt tripping <laughs> you into stopping smoking weed. Yeah. yeah, which is healthy, super healthy. Oh, yeah. Um, the other one from this, this same association it's one that I think a lot of people have seen before. It's the one where it kind of like opens on this girl on the couch who's deflated. She's got, <laughs> she's got no bones in her or anything like that. And she's on the couch. And then one of her friends tries to like get her attention. And then another friend's like, Oh no, sorry. She's not the same now that she smokes pot. We used to have so much fun, but now this is all we do. <laughs> and again, it just goes to like, how would you tell a friend? Yeah. Anyways, the, this, this uh, association kind of uh, had evolved a little bit. They're they're no longer just targeting these anti-cannabis ads. They're kind of just anti-influence. And, um, mm. you know, in I, I don't necessarily disagree with that sentiment because there is so much misinformation out there. I think people should be doing their research on stuff and not just, not just accepting uh, information that's being given to them at face value all the time. So I think that don't take our word for it, man, do your own fucking exactly. Research. <laughs> so like, I, I, it's not that I disagree with the messaging of, of like, like don't allow other people to influence you. Right. Because everybody should do their own influence. Everybody should think about things before they act or, or form their yes. own opinions on them. But at the same time, like the way that they're going about this is really fucking sketchy. <laughs> so yeah, totally. And, and it's that support from, the government and the state that irks me about it, right? Because it gives them ways to access people that others don't. And when we, we alluded to it before about having this kind of experience with the schools, and I don't know if this was similar for you, but I distinctly remember in the 80s, the police visiting our classes and there being a specific program that they ran. And I don't know if this was like an Ontario thing or if it was nationwide, but I've heard about it in other areas and it's called different things in different places. But when I was a kid, it was called VEP very effective people and i think it's called vip in a lot of places too so it's like a similar thing but it's very much like a police sponsored anti-drug program okay i didn't i don't think i had the anti-drug program what i remember uh for like rcmp led like children education programs the the main one that i remember is driving under the influence and i don't disagree with that one at all Right. Well, that, that's that's objectively easy to support. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if, if you're intoxicated, you shouldn't be behind the wheel because it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. You can hurt people and yourself. Yes, exactly. People. But as far as like uh, like full-on demonstrations or programs, I don't think there was anything that I remember. Uh, although I do remember like being in like even PE class or something like that, you know, like during the winter time when you can't go outside, sometimes there's like PE videos that they'll show. And there was some yeah. anti-cannabis ones. They weren't long in length, like... Uh, um, maybe demonizing it or scaring you away, but that's that's kind of what I remember from school, at least. 
I do remember seeing a cannabis video in health class yeah. now that you mention it and them showing it. And I remember it being like a lot like this, it, it being a very seventies video because we were all kind of like laughing at the terminology they were using because I think they even used like reefer and stuff. in okay. it. And uh, we were just kind of chuckling at the silliness, but I'm pretty sure that's where I learned about tolerance for cannabis. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's what you, that's yeah. your takeaway. Oh, if I smoke more <laughs> well, weed, no, I need I mean, to smoke like, more weed to get high. <laughs> well, no, well, that, well, that was, no, I think that was just a messaging in the, like the anti-cannabis video itself, right? That this guy had to keep smoking more and more. Uh, okay. Yeah. Once you start, you can't stop. Well, yeah, it, yeah. it was just bullshit anyway, but uh, we all, we all t- didn't necessarily take it to heart. I don't think, but I mean, it just, it, it just ties into that access that the state has to impressionable minds and, diving this information like i remember in this childhood program like i want to say it was like around grade six or something like that so what's that like 11 12 years old 10 years old somewhere in there and like i remember them bringing in like stuff and showing us like examples of drugs and like uh, weapons and stuff like that and it was done by like whatever community resource police officer and it was so stereotypical like he was irish and everything like it, it was very yeah like looking back on it it's a bit silly in my mind but that stuff gets into you, right? And you have people who are like that. And we've talked about this before on the show, I think on our cannabis in the workplace or cannabis in language episodes about how just because uh, something has been made legal doesn't necessarily undo those years of propaganda that have been driven in people's minds. And I've had conversations with people now because I think it's it's important for me to be open as a cannabis user, right, and active in, in public, right? If you're going to talk about having a wine, a wine after work, I'm going to talk about having a bowl after work, right? That's fine. But I still get those reactions where people are like, oh, well, you know, I, I'm on the straight and narrow. I don't do that stuff. Or, you know, it's like, well, what does that even mean? Yeah, no, I I completely hear you. It doesn't undo all of the harm that was done previously. And what's kind of like, it's kind of odd that there's still people out there peddling this messaging, despite there being significant research against uh, like the the demonization against it, you know? Oh, there there was some senator from the United States who was tweeting out bullshit cannabis facts recently. I can't remember. But like, you know, everyone was piling on to the bullshit. But I, yeah, it was like last week or something. It was really stupid. I don't remember the actual details. Well, uh, I mean, about a year and a half ago or a couple of years ago, there was even a, a guy who published a book called Tell Your Children, which was uh, a bit of a play because of he it, the, the target audience was kind of like the, uh, the people that were that were um, for reefer madness kind of thing. It's like the same kind of target audience. So he used. Well, that's what reefer madness was. Exactly. Called, right. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So he had he had named the book. Uh, similarly to that. And this guy, Alex Berenson, I, I actually heard him on the Joe Rogan podcast. I don't listen to the Joe Rogan podcast anymore. Um, I won't really get into that, but what I, what I did appreciate about this one particular episode is that Joe Rogan had this guy, Alex Berenson on who wrote this book called tell your children, which was demonizing cannabis use, basically saying that it leads to psychosis. And he had uh, taken some stories from, from a few people and a few people, a few like parents who had uh, lost kids to, to drug use. Um, he had taken some stories from like a few doctors and stuff. And he had basically mm-hmm. just dismissed all other information other than whatever suited his narrative and published a book on it. Joe Rogan had this must be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Rogan had this guy on as well as he brought in some Canadian cannabis doctors and they had a very spirited debate. And uh that basically what I learned from the debate is that this Alex Berenson guy is a fucking idiot. 
<laughs> he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about because uh, anytime he tried to bring up some kind of like research or or some kind of like anecdotal evidence that supported his thesis or his direction for the book or whatever. It, they were instantly refuted by these doctors. And uh, mm. I, I did a little bit of research on this person and uh, the, the medical community in the United States was even very much against what he had put out because uh, it wasn't good science at the end of the day. But he was just trying to steer, uh, try to, I guess, drum up some revenue on a hot topic and uh, scare some parents, I think. <laughs> it's just crazy how people push things just to suit their own thing. But it just, it's, it's so brutal. But I, I think... I think we see evidence of that kind of on the opposite side of cannabis propaganda in terms of pro cannabis propaganda. And I think this is maybe a bit of a different category because we're not talking about the state here, right? Because the state isn't someone who's like pumping up cannabis necessarily, although maybe in some of the Canadian provinces where they have uh, distributors. Maybe now, yeah. <laughs> maybe now they are because they're trying to trying to sell you know their their they want to maintain their gatekeeper and seller status in the cannabis market. But I think there's a lot of pro-cannabis propaganda. The government has taken a really measured approach, so I don't really think they do that. But the anti-propaganda, they have their hooks into people and they have had for years and they have insidious ways of doing it. The pro-cannabis propaganda folks don't necessarily have those tools to get at people. So I think we're talking about a different thing. And maybe it's more of an opinion than necessarily propaganda. But I feel like it's important to have a a bit of a, a mention of this as well in that we love cannabis. We think cannabis is awesome. Everybody, uh, cannabis is very subjective and everybody needs to decide for themselves where their cannabis use and what their needs are. But cannabis isn't a solution to everything. And I think there are some folks who espouse the idea that cannabis is a one size fits all solution for your life. Yeah, and I don't agree we've talked We've talked about that before. We don't, we don't we believe that and we don't support that idea that cannabis is a one, fit, one size fits all solution. It's a tool in your toolbox. In your wellness toolbox, cannabis is something that can assist you, but it is not going to solve all your problems. And I think something that we don't often talk about on this show, and I will give full credit to our friends at the Leaf Debrief podcast for being much more open about this subject, and that's the concept of cannabis dependency. And I think that's something that's very real and something that gets glossed over a lot. I don't know that I want to get into that in a ton of detail here because I think that's probably an episode topic about cannabis dependency, eh? Yeah, I, I think so. I haven't done a lot of research on it myself, to be completely honest. Anything that I would add would be anecdotal from my own information and just from what I've heard from other people. Um, but yeah, we could. I yeah. think that it would be another episode. Uh, yeah, for sure. I think there's a lot there. That's generally how we roll, though. Like, right, to put things in our own perspective and our own kind of experiences. We're not here to do... Uh, to spout off facts and researches that you guys can Google yourselves. We want to make this conversation meaningful with our own experiences and how we see things. But I think cannabis dependency is something that it deserves some attention. And you're ignoring the fact that cannabis dependency is real if you are saying that it's a one size fits all solution. And that's the dot that I'm trying to connect. Yeah, no. And I completely agree with that because uh, there are some very real risks to cannabis consumption. It's not for everybody. So no, it's not. And like you said, uh, we are not supportive of situations where you are intoxicated and get behind the wheel. There are, are, are times when it's okay to not consume cannabis. Right. But like we said, it's a very personal and subjective thing. Everyone's medical situation is different. Everyone's wellness situation is different. So 
do your research, figure out what works best for you, but don't make the assumption that this is going to solve all your problems or be a solution that you can just blaze and, you know, all your pain and all your issues are going to go away because that's not going to happen. No, no. You might have a lot of fun for a brief period of time though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you might enjoy yourself at the very least, but I think like we said, everyone's got to do that for themselves. Uh, I think that might be uh, a good place to roll into our strain review, unless there's anything else you want to touch on. I know there's more on the table here for this particular subject, but I think this might be a good place to put a pin in it. What do you think? No, I think so as well. Just overall, these, like, specifically the commercials are really funny to watch, though, if people want to check them out, <laughs> Go especially <for> it. <laughs> looking at under the lens of like legalization now. I don't think that these commercials are ever going to really exist going forward, <laughs> but I think that they're pretty fucking funny. And, uh, uh, cannabis propaganda in its inception or like in the early stages of it was formed under some very, very ridiculous and and stupid ideas. So uh, I don't support the propaganda that's come out. And uh, I'm glad that it's kind of stopped over the last little bit. Yeah. And like, hopefully we can eventually undo all the damage that we've done to racial communities and, and other things and, and make things right. There's a lot of work someday. to be done there. Yeah. There's a lot of work to be done, but I think that's a topic for for another for time. For sure. Let's get into the strain review, my friend. Yeah. So up for review this week, we decided to go with the Canuck Cookies from Vert West, which we picked up via our prescription with our medical provider, Shelter Market. Yes. They had a sale on Farmstead products. And as I kind of alluded to <laughs> earlier uh, in this episode here, Vert West, they don't have anything under their own branding, I believe. I think everything's under Farmstead or under Shelter, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, I could be wrong though. Uh, so sorry. I think, I think they do have some products that might be under another label. Okay. But uh, like on the rec market, but that's but uh, at least for this product, it was under the farmstead label. And uh, a few weeks ago at shelter, they had these farmstead products off for, uh, on sale for 20 percent off. So I thought that it was a great time to pick up this Canuck cookies because it was something that was piquing my interest for quite a while. Yeah, I had my eye on this one, too. And I know Vert West has had a few drops onto shelter. Uh, I have had a look at that cafe racer and I, I was holding my reservations on that one because I hadn't seen a lot of talk about it. Uh, and then this Canuck cookies seemed to get some positive reviews as well. So it was something I was definitely looking at when uh, I saw this one drop. And then of course, getting the 20% off. Well, we are a sucker for a shelter sale. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, basically if there's a shelter sale, I'm going to be putting in a minimum order of a hundred dollars. Some free shipping. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this Canuck cookies, it is from, uh, like we said, Vert West. It is made up of OG Kush and Durban poison. OG Kush oh, yeah. uh, is something that I fucking love. And uh, you've grown both those strains. Uh, OG 18. I don't really know if OG 18 is the same as OG Kush. Oh, no, I've definitely, no, it's not. I've definitely like referred to them as almost being the same thing there. I think they're similar, but I don't think that they're same, but yeah, the two things that I I'm, I'm familiar with, that's for sure. I love Durban poison. I love OG Kush. So uh, needless to say, I have a, a lot of positive things to say about this cultivar. Oh yeah. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. I think I saw someone else pick it up and uh, mention it on Twitter and Vert West replied being like, Hey, don't be surprised if it's like a little bit on the dry side, but it wasn't like offensively dry or anything like that to me at all. It was like a touch dry, but perked right up with a boveda. Yeah. That's what I was going to say actually too, is that it was a touched on the dry side, but it, it wasn't anything terrible. That's for sure. No. I didn't get a moisture reading, but like I haven't been doing that lately for for whatever reason, but I'm, I'm using the like the touch test, right? And you know, you can tell it was a little bit dry, but like you said, Boveda, 
good to yeah, go. Yeah, I didn't even bovita. I just chucked it in some glass, and it was fine to enjoy even without oh, yeah. the bovita. Glass is mandatory for yeah. yeah um, for the nose on this one, what uh, what was it like for you? For me, when I popped the bag of it, there wasn't really anything that like leapt out at me or anything. Once I had it in a jar for a couple of days, the the nose kind of perked up a little bit, and I was getting those gassy notes that I really like to see. Gassy notes, eh? a little bit. I I wasn't getting gas. It was strange for me because I had a similar impression that uh, coming out of the bag, it didn't, it, it, it was kind of muted. There wasn't a lot that kind of came off of it to me, but I put it in glass with a babeta and after a little bit, I did start to get something. But what I got was like dough. Dough, oh. It smelled like dough to me, like fresh dough kind of. It was, yeah, it was strange. And then when I, on the nose, when I would exhale it, it was almost like bread. Interesting. Okay. I did not get that. Yeah. I, th- there was no gas in it for me. So, and I mean, like, I'm sure that that's what you got but i mean it it was odd to me because i like I, I i had my wife smell it too i'm like what do you smell when you do this because i was i was trying to think of a way to like quantify or explain what i was smelling and she's like well she's like it's a touch fruity i'm like what it's not fruity we're all so over maybe, the place I, on maybe, this maybe, one <laughs> yeah maybe this is just in the eye of the beholder maybe i don't know like what what did you get like was it the same when you put it in the vape uh when i put it in the vape it was kind of more of like the earthy i was gonna say peppery but it's not really peppery uh, a little bit of earth a little bit of gas nothing okay. nothing that's gonna earthy with I'm, with I'm with you on earthy maybe that's what i'm calling dough I don't yeah know. it didn't it didn't pop out uh for the for the taste either on this one for me yeah. at least uh i didn't no it wasn't like a hugely flavorful but it's it's hard when we're smoking stuff alongside the planet of the creeps yeah exactly like your your measure for or your floor for what is flavorful it definitely is impacted by that (laughs) but yeah the i mean it didn't leap out of the bag it it didn't um you know it wasn't like uh i was frothing at the mouth after either but Mm -hmm. uh, it was definitely a pleasant smoke um the flavors did come out a little bit more when i when i raised the temperature on it on my, on my vape, I vaped this one around like 380 in my packs with the bud cups and uh, there was decent flavor, decent vapor where this one really shone through for me was the effects of it. Yeah. Yeah. It, what did you, what did you like in particular about the effects? For me, it got me f- stoned as fuck, my friend. <laughs> this is something that I had Saturday morning with a cup of coffee and uh, those, the two kind of buzzes were, were battling each other, but I had a lot of, a lot of fun that morning. I was like, I was energetic with the coffee, but I was also like really stoned and like kind of spacey and rambly. It was, it was a weird combination (laughs) for me, but when I had this one on its own, it was more of more of like a super stoned kind of effects. Like I, I was, I had the tendency to space out and kind of just, uh, you know, just enjoy the full experience. Like how, how did this go for you? I think kind of a similar vibe. Uh, in terms of our categorization, I would probably throw it into that super stoned area as well. Yeah. I, I felt like this was one of those, what we've previously described as a right down the middle, like a true hybrid buzz. Oh, okay. Where uh, I know this is kind of, I think it's indica leaning, but for me, I just felt like I was just really high. I wasn't energetic and I wasn't couchy. I was just kind of, I was just really high. Yeah. So, I mean, like the, the THC was pretty high on this, right? It was like 24.3 or something like 24. that. 24.86 is what I have. 0.86. Holy shit. Okay. That's what it was. It was almost 25% THC. So it's, uh, it, it slaps you around a little bit, but I, I did the coffee and cannabis test too. And I had a kind of a similar experience. I just ended up doing some gaming because I didn't know how to handle the like competingness of, of the buzz, but the uh, the energetic side made it hard for me to kind of sit still too. Yeah, so that was just the, the coffee I felt. But trying this on its own, I just felt like it was a great afternoon high, like really, really. But you have to be prepared to not necessarily be productive because it's not like you could think and and 
do actively, but you're not going to be stuck on the couch. Yeah, I, I think with with coffee, this thing has the potential to shine. I think it's about dosage with your coffee. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Yeah, because like I, I was in a very similar spot. But what ended up happening to me is uh, I was I think I was watching hockey and uh, I, was, I was just watching with my cousin and I just talked his ear off for like 15, 20 minutes, just rambling. Um, <laughs> just going on about the Canucks. Yeah, just going on about the Canucks and their cookies. <laughs> but uh but yeah i really enjoyed That's this a one dad joke you fucker. yeah fuck you i'm not even a dad oh uh, I my power will grow <laughs> uh, at some point but anyways really enjoyed this cultivar man the terpenes on it were a little low so i think that kind of attributed attributed to like what we were talking about how it didn't leap out of the jar at us or anything like that mm-hmm. from what i understand this was their first run and i am really excited for future offerings of this from vert west they it, yeah for a first run that's pretty good i would say so right getting the the thc almost at 25 percent um i mean with with terpenes you're always going to try and like nail it in from what i've I've, I've read it's like it's it's a little bit harder to to maximize that but um they're they're working on it these guys i trust them from from reading their their website and reading what they're about i think that they're they're definitely a provider to look out for in the future um i'm excited about further offerings of this the canucks cookies you know um bc grown it's, it's got the lineage that i really like it it got me really high like you said i think once we start dialing in like the aromatics and stuff for this it's gonna be uh something that's uh going to be a regular buy for myself. I, I'm in, I'm in complete agreement with you. Vert West takes a lot of boxes in terms of their approach to things. It's BC grown cannabis. We like to support the smaller guys hundred percent. It sounds like they've got a couple uh, interesting cultivars in the pipeline too. This Canuck cookies for a first run is uh, a really good one. Uh, what do these guys run for? Like at regular price, you're looking at about 40 bucks an eighth on shelter market. I think. Yeah. It's the same as their, as their craft. The craft. Yeah. It's the craft the, cannabis. Their craft pricing. Uh, area, exactly. Right? That kind of range yeah. that you're going to be looking $40 at. For an eighth. So putting it in, in the regular rotation, maybe a little bit of a challenge at that kind of a price range. But if you can get it in a bigger uh, amount and get a bit of a volume discount that can improve i think you can get an ounce for 250 is is uh basically what it is yeah i think for me this is going to be something that i'm going to regularly purchase for like a treat yourself option just because the effects on this is basically what i go for in my like fun time uh cultivars that i like to enjoy Mm -hmm. so i think this is uh something that i'll definitely be picking up for like a weekend strain you know like this is something that i will reach for on a friday night to kick off my weekend kind of thing yeah, I hear you. I think I want to reach out and try that cafe racer now too. Yeah. Well, from what I read on their website, they kind of had to do a bit of a shift because they started with the cafe racer and the GG4, but they weren't hitting the THC percentages that they wanted. Uh, or, oh, okay. Well, not what they wanted, but what apparently the, what the, the market, market wants. wants. Everybody wants more than 20%. So from what I read, they did a little bit of a pivot to these Canuck cookies and obviously that worked out. They almost hit 25% THC from whoever they tested it through from what we saw obviously the potency lines up with those numbers so mm-hmm. um but yeah the cafe racer i'd like to try it as well but yeah i think that's uh i think that's enough for for this strain review canuck cookies uh vert west thumbs up from us i'm really happy about this this purchase i'm excited to see more stuff from them in the future thanks everybody for joining us for this episode uh where we talked about cannabis propaganda um this was a a, a bit of a different topic for us kind of but uh, i think that there was a lot there that we that we talked about and there was a lot of fruitful discussion so thank you for joining uh, along with us for that if you want to check us out again on social media we are at a cannabis pod on instagram and on twitter but that's all we've got for this week thanks for tuning in and take care out there everybody Cheers, guys. We'll see you next week for Grandma's Boy.